Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Taryn Hatcher. We have more off-season talk ahead of us, Taryn, as the Stanley Cup final continues. The Canadians forcing a game five, uh, 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 extending that series. So I think everyone was pretty excited about that. More hockey is more fun. But Taryn, this is a busy month for the Flyers, July there is the expansion draft, the entry draft, and of course, free agency. So we figured we'd dip into a couple major topics. First, we'll start with the expansion draft, then we'll hit free agency, and we have a very fun Colbury check that I think fans are going to enjoy. But Taryn, let's start with the expansion draft, which is on July 21. What is the biggest question in your mind facing the Flyers as they near that expansion draft? Uh, well, there's a few things. I think uh, part of what you have to wonder about is can they offload things, which I think is a, a something that we saw executed quite well for both sides in the last expansion draft when you talk about like the Marc-Andre Fleury and Pittsburgh wanting to offload that contract and then what Marc-Andre Fleury did for Vegas immediately afterwards. So I think there's a lot, like a lot of people's, process right now goes to are there certain contracts we could offload that won't kill the team because of the current cap situation and quite frankly how many needs people feel like the flyers have after the way last season went the other question for me is i would be very very curious to see what these protection lists look like because i think that will tell you a lot about um, the direction of not only the Flyers, but certain other teams that, you know, we talk about the Flyers, like they're mad sellers this past season and the way they played, they had really no choice, but to try to start to sell parts off. Um, but the year before they, they were a team that was, you know, a piece or so away from really being a, a deep threat playoff team. So you wonder if anybody can feel really good about, um, you know, their their approach to this in terms of wanting to preserve certain pieces or wanting to really break off certain pieces of the team and get them somewhere else to open up space for somebody else. Um, but yeah, my my biggest question, uh, my biggest concern heading into the draft is, um, c- could you could you convince somebody to take? a Voracek contract. I really like Jake. I think uh, he gets a lot of heat, even though he provided quite a lot this past season. So that's not to knock Jake, but in the current cap situation, um, numbers are tough and Jake's numbers are tough. Jake's contract numbers are tough. Mm -hmm. Um, So I look at something like that, or even I think a lot of people would not feel as great losing James Van Riemsdyk after the way he played for portions of last season, but that's another hefty contract. And you, you have to imagine that the Kraken love a guy like JVR if he plays the way he played for streaks last season. Um, so there's, there's a lot to, to digest. These, pro, these protection lists will be interesting because I think you'll see, like you look at Nashville, Nashville came into the season, everybody thought they were going to sell everything they had. And I, I wonder how much their approach to the expansion draft and next season changed throughout this year. There's, there's a lot, um, you know, obviously being here in Philly and covering the team, 
we've got a close eye on the flyers, but there's, there's a few teams that I'm very curious to see their protection lists. Yeah, really. And uh, those protection lists are due by July 17th. So four days before the expansion draft. So we should have an idea then about who the flyers are exposing, who they're protecting. Um, yeah, Taryn, for me, really, it's, this, it's very similar to what you're, what you were thinking is what kind of cap relief can the flyers get in this expansion draft? Uh, if, Seattle is interested in some of those bigger contracts. The Flyers could get some serious cap relief. And as we know, cap space is like gold right now in this flat cap era. And especially in an off season where the Flyers are going to be looking at the free agent market and are going to be looking to add bigger names because they need to. And in order to add players, quality players, bigger names, uh, you have the free space and make, make room for it. So that to me is the biggest question facing the Flyers is what kind of cap relief Will it be a big player that they lose or will it be a marginal player with a very small cap hit where it turns out that the expansion draft wasn't all that big of a deal for the Flyers because they lost maybe a smaller or more marginal player that isn't going to be making as big of an impact next season. But yeah, it, it very could be interesting uh, with Jacob Borchek. As we know, he's got about, I think, an 8.25 million cap hit and, it, and it's over the next three seasons. That's a lot of money. Uh, for a player that's getting older and for years and in a flat cap uh, era. So that would be a, a big thing. And could the Flyers maybe entice the Kraken with, with draft picks? The whole thing, like you said, Taryn, very fascinating. So I'm with you. I think what kind of cap space can the Flyers get in the expansion draft would be very intriguing in this all season. And I, I think the, the thing that – makes me laugh when I talk to people about this or if they, you know, like approach me about it is that when you talk to somebody about like, yeah, if you're, if you're going to try to entice a team to take Jake, which I, I think the, obviously the numbers are difficult for any team to take on, but I, I do think there are plenty of GMs who see lots of value in Jake Voracek. You're going to have to give up draft picks, high draft picks, potentially prospects and whatever. And I think that because of the focus on the future during the Ron Hextall era of the Flyers, I have found that fans that talk to me about the Flyers, like Flyers fans that are, you know, very educated on it even are just like, I don't even care about prospects and draft picks anymore. I, I've heard about prospects. I've heard about draft picks, take the prospects, take the draft picks, like I am done. We have looked at the future for so long. Let somebody else look at the future. I just want now. And the only way you get now is if you get rid of money that is currently being spent. So it's interesting. It's an interesting position for the team, but also for the fan base, because the Flyers do have so much good young talent on their team that you don't want to give away too much because like, can you imagine if they're like, yeah, well, we want, we want like a Wade Allison type and and a first rounder or something like that and you're just like well I don't really want to give up weight else <laughs> like I don't so um and I haven't heard that that's not what I've heard I haven't honestly heard anything about what it would take for somebody to take on Jake but um you'd imagine they they want a young up-and-comer who doesn't cost them a lot of money and is you know high ROI high return on investment when it comes to all that stuff so it'll be interesting it will and in contrast to probably belief among a good portion of the fan base, I think the Flyers actually like their core still. If you remember, general manager Chuck Fletcher hit it and hit on it in May at his end of the season press conference, 
how the majority of their veteran players were some of their top performers. Um, so I think the Flyers still like their core. I don't think they're looking to blow it up after a 56-game season in COVID-19 world. Uh, that didn't go well. But uh, the expansion draft is the expansion draft. You can only protect so many players, and this is a business. And if you have to expose a player with a high cap hit, you bite the bullet of possibly losing him, but you also get great cap relief. So I think the Flyers, if they don't protect Jacob Borchek, which is a good chance they, they might not, uh, they'll be ready to react however it unfolds. If he gets taken, then yes, there's cap relief. If they still have Jacob Borchek, I'll bet money the Flyers will be very happy. People in-house uh, that are working for the Flyers will be happy they still have a guy like Jacob Borchek. He's been here a long time. He puts up points. Um, he under, he plays a lot of games. He's constantly in the lineup. So um, I think the Flyers are going into this open-minded. And Karen, I think JVR is going to be a really appealing guy to a guy to a team like the Kraken because not only is he coming off a very good season and still producing at a high clip, but he I think he would be a great ambassador to an expansion team in terms of um, he's great with the media. He's great uh, in public. He's very fan oriented, uh, family oriented. I think he'd be a good guy. Um, as we know, he's the, the Flyers NHLPA rep. Uh, I just think he would be really great in Seattle. I think he'd be a great guy in the community to kind of uh, make Seattle a brand. Um, I think that would be a, a tough loss for the Flyers. And I think that's why JVR could be very appealing too. Yeah, I, I think James uh, last year, obviously put together a great run and showed just how much he does have left in the tank. Um, also just like, like you said, easy to deal with for the media. He's very like, he's, I wouldn't say he's happy to take on the role of being like the media face of the team, but he's not one of those guys who is, um, you know, like disgruntled by having to be the guy who's put out in front of the media. He takes that one on the chin and, um, does so professionally, does it really well, which is incredible. It's a lot more valuable than people realize because there are certain players who just, it does nothing for them mentally to come out after a game and talk about a loss. In fact, it oftentimes, I think it, it kind of twists them. It's like it, it, it is irksome to them. It does not benefit them. Um, and JVR is one of those guys who goes, Hey, I can do this. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, nothing cuts me too deep. I've been doing this for forever since I was a teenager. Like I can handle it. And that's something that you need, especially when you're talking about like a team of guys who are going to be pieced together. Um, and there's not that automatic camaraderie of, you know, the legacy of a team and, you know, being in that environment for years and knowing what you're buying into. There's a lot of value to that. I think you're definitely right there. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Well, Taryn, another major thing in July for the NHL and for the Flyers is free agency, which opens in July 28. So, Taryn, biggest question facing the Flyers in your mind as free agency nears? Um, Seth Jones or Dougie Hamilton? <laughs> That's it. It's really – I hear a lot more Seth Jones chatter these days, um, not like from anybody internal. Uh, it's just I hear from people who hear from people that there's a lot of Seth Jones talk um, because we have zero access right now, which kind of stinks. Um, but uh, I, I, yeah, I'm curious to see what it's going to take to get some of this stuff done. Um, I'm curious to see what some of these contracts are going to look like, um, like all over the league that I'm, I'm very curious to see what some of these contracts look like. I would, I'd love Dougie Hamilton or Seth Jones in, in Philly, but I think as, as we get into, it's not really even free agency. It's just like making moves in the off season in general. Um, uh, Those, I think those two names and seeing where they end up, it's going to be for me in my personal arena, like the Harper Machado watch a few years ago, or the Philly's going to get Machado. Are they going to get Harper? Are they going to get either? Um, because that would be just so it would be so impactful for this team. I think, um, I think most people think that, but yeah, that's really the only thing on my mind. The other thing I'm, I'm very curious to watch is backup goaltender situation. Um, I just wonder if they're going to try to bring somebody in to, like challenge Carter. I'm, I'm a little bit curious about that. I, I think everybody loves Brian Elliott. Brian Elliott obviously loves Philly. Um, I know he likes being in South Jersey and his family, um, you know, wife and children are, have been there with him while he plays here and they seem like they're happy and settled over there. But I wonder, yeah, I just, I wonder if the flyers after last year and the way things went, if they look at, um, like goaltenders that are available and just say, let's, let's find somebody who pushes Carter because we've, we've done this savior act, you know, we've built the kid up, we've anointed him and it's been pretty comfortable for him. He's been, even when Brian Elliott was playing more and really emerged as goaltender a this season, um, the, the understanding is always that Carter is number one, even if he's not right now. 
So I wonder if they just put some fire under them and, and bring somebody in. I'll be, uh, I'll be a little bit curious to watch that because they, I think they know that they can't let what happened last year happen again and how they go about trying to ensure that I, I I'm not entirely positive, but that would be a part of it. Yeah. Goaltending might be like the most underrated facet to the Flyers all season. Cause everyone is obviously so focused and fixated on defense. After that, you're probably looking at Ford, but you're forgetting that, yes, uh, the Flyers need to f- find a backup, whether it's Brian Elliott again or if it's uh, they go on the market and look for one. Uh, and Carter Hart is coming off a really, really challenging year, his first adversity in the, uh, you know, face in the NHL. So th- that's a, a crucial position uh, that the Flyers need to address. So, yes, Taryn, I could not agree more. I am very interested to see if the Flyers find maybe another veteran to kind of bridge the gap to maybe a future in-house backup or if they go out and get a younger guy and maybe want to commit to him and really make this a tandem and get them to push Carter Hart, see if he can really hold down that number one spot. That will be another big element. Yeah, Taryn, for me, it really is how do the Flyers pivot and adjust if they don't get one of those big fish? Um, Listen, it's, you know, the Flyers, there's going to be, like just about every team is going to be interested in a Dougie Hamilton, just about every team is going to be peeking in on Seth Jones and his trade value and his trade status. Uh, the entire league are going, is going after those guys. So there is a chance that the Flyers don't land one of those. How do they pivot? How do they adjust? They need to have a plan B and a plan B is not a terrible plan. The Flyers can go out and get a defenseman or multiple defensemen. If it's not one of those two stars and they can add it forward, they can get better there. Goal prevention goes across the length of the rink, in my opinion. And they can get better at four. They can get better at on D as well. So um, I would be okay. I, I, I love Dougie Hamilton. He's probably my biggest target, as I'm sure he is across the league. I would love a Dougie Hamilton for the Flyers. I think that would, that would do so much for the team and for the excitement of the fan base. Seth Jones as well. But there are other names out there like Jamie Oleksiak, Alec Martinez, just to name a few. Um, and the Flyers – if they don't do well on free agency or if they don't feel like they're in on one of the biggest free agent names, they need to pivot and be aggressive on the trade market and make things happen. They need to make things happen this off season. So I think that's the biggest question facing the Flyers in free agency. If they don't get the biggest names, how do they pivot? How do they adjust? And how do they make sure they're getting better across the board going into next season? Um, I don't expect Chuck Fletcher to put all his eggs in one basket. He's a smart guy. He's not going to do that. So that will be the the most fascinating thing to me is uh, what is plan B for the Flyers if things fall through on their top plan? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep, throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com well Terry, this is a perfect segue to our cold brew check presented by duncan we tapped into expansion we tapped into free agency and i think fans couldn't help but think when the seattle kraken hired dave haxtell as their head coach man is dave haxtell gonna win a stanley cup before we do. I, I think that was a thought in some fans' mind. I think it became a thought because you're seeing Gabe Kapler with the Giants have a lot of success in his second season with them um, after he was fired by the Phillies. So I think a lot of people were drawing comparisons to Gabe Kapler having a lot of success right now in San Francisco and will he win before the Phillies win again? Taryn, do you actually fear Dave Haxtell winning with the Kraken, winning a cup? <laughs> in Seattle before the Flyers actually do. Is that, a, is, is that a fear or even a thought in your mind? I mean, people are ready to, like, fire Mark Bergevin, like, midway through this season, and now Montreal is in the Stanley Cup final. So I don't know what to think about anything anymore. Like, um, I fear it only because – well, actually, I fear it for a number of reasons. First of all, because people will lose their minds here. They will lose their minds. And um, – quite frankly, when that news broke, I was genuinely astonished. I, I, you know, I think we all thought that um, Ron Hexall would land out in Seattle and he didn't. And I think we all thought the Flyers connection there might be done. And then Dave comes out of the clouds. Like I thought that was Rick Tockett's job. Genuinely. I had heard that he had taken like two, maybe three interviews there he had taken a few interviews there um and once he didn't get the rangers job i remember thinking for sure like oh Todd's gonna be out in seattle for sure um <clears throat> dave haxall was a move um but i also fear just because we saw how well the new expansion draft rules favored vegas last time those expansion and it's the same rules i had it conferred uh, um confirmed by the Flyers front office a while ago when we were talking about expansion draft coverage on Flyers pre and post game. And um, it, it really, I think, and it's the, the added bit of spice for the Kraken as well is like the thing we talked about with Jake Voracek is that they, like with Marc-Andre Fleury, they packaged a second rounder with Marc-Andre Fleury essentially as incentive for Vegas to take Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, well, I guess they didn't package them together, but they traded Pittsburgh traded their second round draft pick and entry draft that year. 
So now you've got Seattle, who's probably being courted by every team that has a contract they want to offload, saying, hey, we'll give you this, and, and you'll get this player. And it's kind of like, you know, like the seller's market with houses in the suburbs right now. Like people who are selling their houses are like, well, let me look at all of these offers and see what I like. And then we can pick which contract, which hefty contract is worth taking and what kind of incentives go with it. And we can demand from other teams. And I'm sure it's more of a dance than that. But in my mind right now, I'm just like, wow, Seattle's probably the bell of the ball because everyone's going to sit there and say, I know, I know what it's going to take to offload this guy who costs a lot of money and I'll give you this to do so. So you're set with Jenny. I mean, if you're, if you're Jake Voracek, you're making 8.25 million this year, you are a good player. They are getting a good player. Yes, he is older, but he is a good player, whether people are keen to admit it to themselves or not. So you're going to get Jake and then you're going to get a, a piece for the future as well, which sets things up a little bit better for them. Um, so I, I fear that as well because Vegas did it so well. Um, and because I, I have, I mean, I'm sure we're in the same boat. I just have no idea what to expect from this Flyers team this year anymore either. <laughs> like, I don't even know. I think they're, I think they'll bounce back. I genuinely do. I could just be being optimistic. I do think they will bounce back. Um, but yeah, there, there's definitely uh, some high alert, especially because I feel like, you know, they're out, they're out West and I'm obviously a little biased, but I just don't feel like the West has a lot going on right now. So I don't know. And we'll see what they do with divisions for next year too. Like I, we don't even know what they're going to do. Canada is still not open. So no, it. we'll see what they, we'll see what they do for divisions next year as well. But you know, if you were going to, if everything was going to shake back out and go back to where they started and you threw them in the Metro, I'd be like, yeah, good luck because the Metro is just full of playoff teams, but, or has been, but um, yeah, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit concerned. No, that's fair. I, it, like, like you were saying, if, if the Flyers were coming off their 2019-20 season, people would probably laugh and be like, no, Flyers are in a great spot. There's zero chance, but the Flyers are coming off their 2020-21 season, which was pretty much a nightmare um, and a major surprise step backward. So I think it is a fair question and a fair thought. I personally don't think many should fear it just because I I like Dave Haxtell. I thought he's – I think he's a smart guy. I think he's a lot better of a coach than people give him credit for. Um, he actually took, you know, two Flyers teams to the playoffs, uh, and I think he lacks some serious personnel here. Uh, on his roster during his tenure. He didn't have uh, a Carter Hart in net. He didn't have a Matt Niskanen on the back end. He didn't have a Kevin Hayes. Uh, Joel Farabee wasn't here yet. So I I think he's a better coach than he gets credit for. I think he's a smart guy. I was, I'm with you, Taryn. I was really surprised. I think if you even look at all the national insiders, they had just gotten wind of Dave Haxall all suddenly being like a, a big time candidate, like, an hour before it was announced that he was the head coach. So I think everyone was surprised. Um, but I don't really fear that the Kraken are going to win before the Flyers or Dave Haxel is going to take them to the cup before the Flyers uh, have success because it really is tough to get expansion teams off the ground. Uh, you don't see a ton of Vegas Golden Knights. You just don't. Uh, if you look at some of the past expansion teams, it takes time. It's uh, Obviously, you're starting from scratch from a develop, draft and development standpoint. And everyone knows uh, teams really are built 
their foundation are built on draft and development. So you're starting from scratch there. You're, Seattle's going to get some good players, but like if you look at the Minnesota Wild, you look at the Columbus Blue Jackets, they didn't have immediate success. I think the Wild made the playoffs three of their first 11 seasons. Columbus, I think it was one in like the first 10. Um, so those, te- like those teams had trouble getting off the ground. You just don't see a lot of Vegas Golden Knights examples. So I don't, I, I don't really fear that Dave Haxel and the Kraken are going to have quicker success in the Flyers. Um, is it possible? Sure, because we don't know what the Flyers are going to look like next season. But um, I think Flyers fans can be comfortable with Elaine Vigneault. They can be comfortable um, at least knowing that they have an experienced staff here and they have some good pieces to build around. Uh, whereas the cracking, you just you have no idea just yet. I I do. This wasn't this wasn't a topic we discussed beforehand, but it's one that I've been like internally thinking about because I just know like the local love for the guy and how much he loves this area as well. Do you think Rick Tockett not being claimed by anyone else made Elaine Vigneault's seat a little bit hotter coming into the season? Because I think people in Philly love Rick Tockett. And Rick Tockett loves Philadelphia. And he's he embodies so much of what people want to see in a Philadelphia Flyer. I think he has the franchise record for penalty minutes, right? Like he just... Oh, yeah. He just, which does not embody what Philadelphia is, but like, it's, it's what people want. Like people want, they want a little bit of what Rick Tockett was injected into who these players currently are. And whether that's truly who he is as a coach or not, I, I watched quite a bit of Arizona Coyotes hockey, but not enough to really tell you, but um, I, I, I thought after Rick didn't get picked up by either team, I thought if things don't go well to start the season, NAV is a very good coach and there's no reason for him to look over his shoulder. He was just a Jack Adams finalist a year ago. But if it was me and my, you know, insecure self in that position, I would be like peeking in the rear view, just like, oh, damn it, Rick, <laughs> get a job. Like, you know, so... I don't know. It'll be interesting. No, I think it's a very fair point. Um, I think any bigger name coaches that remain on the market makes Elaine Vigneault's seat just a little bit warmer, especially if the Flyers don't get off to a good start next year. The Flyers haven't missed the playoffs in consecutive seasons since the early 90s. So, yeah, if the Flyers don't get off to a good start and they're not back in contending mode and at least back, back in the playoff conversation, and um, yeah, Elaine Vigneault's seat's going to get hotter. It has to. I think it has to. And Rick Tockick is certainly a name. And, Taryn, like you said, he really hits all the Philly angles you could you could dream of. What the nostalgia? Fuck? Yeah, grittiness. Yeah, you know? coaches like the, the mullet. They, the mullet. Um, coaches put fans in seats too. Um, I think we saw that with the Lane Vigneault. when the, the Flyers started winning last season in 2019-20. People started taking a liking to Lane Vigneault. They liked his personality. Like they liked his Philly toughness his blend of, you know, leadership and also lightheartedness. And we saw it. Fans were starting to put their butts in seats because they were getting excited about the Elaine Vigneault era. So coaches can do that. Rick Tockett has those Philly ties. He is well-loved here. Um, He understands this market and what it takes to be successful in this market. So, yeah, I think that will be a very interesting storyline going into next season is how do the Flyers start if they don't start well? How does Elaine Vigneault adjust? And, and what does it do for the outside noise among the organization? That, that'll be 
something to keep an eye on, Taryn. And Will kids be hooting are, and hollering? Will they be hooting and hollering? Pitchforks out there know. hooting and hollering. <laughs> These guys just out there hooting and hollering, your little tippies is off. That's a good Delco. Very good Delco South Philly from Terry. Yeah, I am. I'm from the area. Yes. You get it. How my, it's how my family talks. <laughs> it we, took a lot of work to, to drop it, and sometimes it still sneaks on television. So Yeah, I think yeah. plus watching Mayor of Easttown probably got us all back into our Delco Philly. Did you watch Mayor of Easttown? For those of you listening to the podcast who don't, don't, like, don't know, Jordan has so few pop culture references. I don't. I uh, like not to, and this is not me bashing you. It's actually remarkable. Like I just, I, like you no, just. It's fair. Don't know who like a lot of people I would assume you would know are. No, in, in my defense, I did watch Mary of Easttown. I thought it was great, and of course the Delco. Could you name? Could you name like one of the Rolling Stones? Oh no. Like not a, uh, I mean that in all honesty, Taryn, like I could not, like I couldn't even try. I know the Rolling Stones. That I, is wild. That is wild. Um, I didn't even know who uh, Bob Dylan was like years ago when someone. You know what? Not knowing who Bob Dylan is is surprising. But if you like didn't know Bob Dylan's song, I think there's a lot of people our age who like know who he is, know that he's like the best songwriter of all yeah. time. Probably couldn't name. Yeah. like a Bob Dylan song, but most people like know who Mick Jagger is. Yeah, I did not. You don't know who Mick Jagger is even by name? Uh, I know by name, like the name I definitely know, but He's I- He's the lead singer of the Rolling Stones. Oh. <laughs> well, that explains it. Is, is... I'm going to give you a homework assignment, Jordan. I feel like you would enjoy- Didn't Mick Jagger and Michael Bolton do like a mashup or like a duet or something? That's a pop culture reference that I don't ever need to find out about, but uh, maybe. I'm not a big Michael Bolton girl. Sometimes I have Michael Bolton looking hair, but I'm not. Michael, I'm not. He's just a little too. I'm not into the ballads. He's a big ballad guy. He's a big power ballad kind of guy. Okay. Not really my jam, but um. After our our most recent podcast, when you said you look like Michael Bolton, I had to actually look him up. I was like, wait, what? Oh yeah, I did say that, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I do. Yes. Sometimes. Time to time. Not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. Oh, uh, when you're a lady who's probably not in your 20s, it kind of is. So that's fair. Um, well, anyway, that was our cold brew check presented by Duncan. I think it was a good one. This season, be sure to grab a cold brew for game time because where there's hockey, there's Duncan. Well, Taryn Hatcher, this was fun. As always, great seeing you, great chatting with you. Uh, I think July is going to be really fun, especially as we get closer to July 21st, the expansion draft, free agency, July 28th with the entry draft sandwiched in between those dates should be fun. Do you want to know what's going to be fun, Jordan, real quick before we go? Of course. Is I fly back to Hawaii for the first time on July 22nd since I moved home from Hawaii. So all this stuff is going to break. And this is what I remember about living out in Hawaii news breaks and you wake up to it but like the east coast has been consuming it for like six hours so if i am six hours behind on twitter i don't want to hear a word from anyone because i am in the land i'm back on the aina enjoying the oceans the mauna the mana and everything I, in between. I actually hope i get a text from you like six hours after something breaks saying holy crap like, wow that's crazy yeah and then it'll hit me. Oh, that's right. Taryn's in Hawaii. Yeah. 
have a Mai Tai in my hand being like, wow, yeah. wild. That's the perfect way to consume that information, the perfect way to consume the breaking news. I hope you enjoy that. That'll be awesome. I hope Thanks, you Thanks, guys. Yes. I probably won't. I probably, I'm not going to be mean. I probably won't be texting you. No, you shouldn't. I, won't, I probably won't. I'm going to need you to text me and tell me what's going That'll on. That'll be a good deal. If you Just like a morning rundown. Hey, Taryn, while you were yes. asleep. This happened and this happened, this happened. And at some point in time when you decide to go on a vacation, which I, I don't know, like, I feel like you've never gone on a vacation since I've come back and worked at NBC Sports Philadelphia. But one day when you actually decide to take a breather. You'll pay me back. I will, I will repay the favor. That sounds like a great deal. A great deal. There you there. go. Well, Taryn, as always, thank you. So great chatting with you. Uh, a special thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer as well. And Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and listen, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time. Give us five stars. <laughs>